glad that God looks at the heart. I'm so glad that he looks on the inside because sometimes our outside and the things that we do, oh, not so good. And we want to start this series off with looking at life at its best because God has certain character qualities that he wants to give to us. And he wants to give us these character qualities so that we can live life at its best. Otherwise, we'll just exist and we won't develop these character qualities after God's heart. And in the world that we live in, if we don't develop this character, uh, the qualities of God, then we won't be as effective as we could be. And so we want to learn about being a person of character this morning. Now, being a person of character and learning about character can be difficult because character has everything to do with ourselves, not other people. Uh, I had an interview the other day. Um, Somebody is going to be planting a church here, and they're from the mainland, and they were just asking questions about our culture and and as a pastor. And they said, he, he said this, what do you struggle with the most? And I thought about different things, and, you know, I don't struggle with ministry. I love what I do, not my family. I love my family. It's great. Everything is great. Um, the one thing I struggle with and the hardest thing I struggle with is myself. That's what I struggle with. That's, that's, that's where God's character comes in. Because you're not going to struggle with other people, although we will have difficulties with other people. You're not going to struggle at work, although work will be difficult. Our biggest struggle in life is a thing called self. We struggle with that. So when it comes to godly character, we want to somehow learn how we can develop godly character. Otherwise, we'll be fighting with ourselves. We need an outside influence to help us in what's going on on the inside. And the best way is to find the best person with the best character. And it's not going to be in a movie star. It's not going to be in some celebrity. It's not going to be from some great book that is a top seller. You've got to find the person whose character is flawless. And that's God himself. See, we're all going to deal with character. And sometimes we think, well, character is something that uh, people see in me. But we don't... We, we know that, it's, that that's not what character is. That's reputation. Reputation is how other people see me. That's reputation. Character is how I see myself. That's my true character. And so we want to learn, how can we be people of character? Well, there's two people in the Bible that we're going to learn from. And this is in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus. And these two people's names are Nadab and Abihu. And I'm going to give some history on, on, on who they are because sometimes we think, well, character, um, you know, I can, I can fake it. I can, I can act one way in public and then be in my privacy of my home, be whoever I want to be. And, I, and that's where I relax. That's where I can do whatever I want to do. So I can, I can, you know, behave in front of Christian people at church, at work. I can do certain things well. But when I come home, then that's where I can do whatever I want to do. And we think that's okay. But we're going to learn from these two men what we should be doing as people who want to develop godly character and being people of character. Because that's one of the things that many people have yet to find, even in our workplace. It's people with character. We can only put up a front so long. 
And then after a while, we come to find out, boy, this relationship wasn't like what I thought it was going to be. Oh, this person I'm working with, I didn't think we were hiring uh, that person. Oh, I'm in uh, my marriage. I didn't know it was going to be like this. And so we can only pretend for so long. Some time ago, I heard this story that uh, this two, uh, this married couple, husband and wife, was uh, eating at one of our local restaurants. And as they're sitting down, the husband asks his wife, he says, Hey, you know, um, is it okay if I order a beer? And she says, uh, Yeah, go ahead. He goes, Well, you know, you work at a church. He works at a church. And, and he says, I, You know, I didn't know how people would perceive this if, you know, I get a beer. And she says, Well, it's not like you're getting drunk or anything. You're okay. You're, you know, you're just drinking one. You're fine. And, and he says, Yeah, but I don't want to cause somebody else to stumble. And she says, no, you'll be fine. So he says, okay. So he orders the beer. Just then, two other people come walking in. And one of them, the man, is from church, the church that they go to. And so they notice him and they both wave hi. And so they say hi. And so the husband says, should I um, cancel my order? And she says, why? He says, because, you know, he goes to the same church that we do. So I, I don't want to cause him to stumble. What if he tells other people and they don't understand? And she goes, no, he's not going to say anything. He goes, what makes you so sure? And she says, well, you know that woman he walked in with? That's not his wife. <laughs> so, so I don't think you have any problems of him saying a single thing to anyone. <laughs> And I thought, how many times have we done something that we normally wouldn't do if someone was watching? Something that we would normally not do if someone could see right into our hearts. What would we do and not do? Because that's where character is tested. Some of us will look at others and will say, well, at least I'm not like so-and-so. At least I'm not like that person. At least, at least I don't steal. The person who steals says, well, at least I don't, you know, beat up people. The person who beats up people says, well, at least I don't kill anybody. And it gets worse and worse and worse. In other words, we try to compare character with bad character. And so we try to develop character based on whoever whoever is worse than us. When God is saying, wait a minute, you're going in the wrong direction. If you're trying to base good character off of bad character, it will always equal bad character. But if we want to develop good character, then we have to find someone whose character is flawless. And none of us are flawless. God's character is flawless. He's the one that we go to to learn about character. Now, sometimes we act as if it's only wrong if we get caught. That it's only wrong if people find out. That's what we think character is all about. See, ungodly character is what makes us sink slowly. It's very slow and subtle. Ungodly character. We won't even recognize that our our lives are sinking. It's ungodly character. It's like a, a small little tear in a large vessel like the Titanic. You don't know you're going down until it's too late. But godly character keeps us afloat. And the person we get that from is God himself. See, we can, we can all be people with godly character and develop godly character by drawing closer to the one whose character is flawless. Now, with these two men, Nadab and Abihu, 
the priestly ministry is beginning. You know, God, remember God brought the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. It's His people, the Israelites. He brought them out of Egypt. They were enslaved in Egypt for over 400 years. God rescues them and leads them out through a man by the name of Moses. Moses has his brother Aaron who helps him with the ministry. And then they become their own nation. Well, God says, here's some laws, some commandments, some ordinances that you need to follow so that you can become who I'm making you to be, not like any other nation, so that you can be set apart to represent me. And so God has Moses leading them. And now Moses appoints Aaron as one of the priests to do the priestly duties, to do the sacrifices, to take care of the people's sins, they would bring the sacrifices. So that was Aaron's duty. Now he's new at this, but his two children, Nadab and Abihu, is a part of the ministry, but they're not ready yet for the priestly duties. So they're not ready to so-called take over the family business, but they think they are. So in their immaturity, they start to do things that are not pleasing to God, and they try to do things that they think should be done, but they're not doing it according to the ordinances, or the commands of God. They kind of do things their own way. And so now, it wasn't their responsibility to do the things that were required for the sacrifices. And God gave them these commands to do. He didn't suggest these things. God said, here's my commands and you are to obey them. And then they go through the motions of it. And this is Nadab and Abihu. They go through the motions of it without the character to back it up. In other words, they were just doing the things of God without God included. So it looked like the same thing, but it really wasn't because the character was lacking. And so I'm going to read in Leviticus chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Leviticus chapter 10. And I'm going to read from verse 1 through 3. And then we'll talk a little bit and then I'll read uh, a little bit more than uh, verses, uh, verses 1 through 3. But it starts off in this way, and, and here's where we are with Nadab and Abihu. Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it. They put incense on it and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So what they did, instead of, instead of God consuming the sacrifice through holy fire, because God would send down fire to consume the sacrifice that they would bring... Nadab and Abihu felt, well, we can kind of do this ourselves. We can make fire and do it ourselves. But it wasn't the kind of fire that was required for the sacrifice. It was supposed to be God's fire, not man's fire. And so Nadab and Abihu thought, well, we can do this. We now make fire. It's, it's the same thing. The same thing is happening. The sacrifice will be burnt up. And so they did this, but it was not according to what God commanded. So the fire went, watch this part. So the fire went out from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. And I thought, wow, that's kind of harsh. And Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke saying, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. In other words, God was saying this, I'm setting a standard because I am holy. And this is how it should be done. Anything other than that is going to be cost. It's going to cost you at a high price. In this case, it costed their lives. Now, I'm so thankful that times are different. That because of Jesus Christ, He took on that, that burden of us paying the price for our wrongdoings. 
That's what it means that Christ went to the cross for us and he became a sacrifice for us. It's he was able to quench the wrath of God when it came to sin. Jesus said, no longer is this going to happen. I'll be the final sacrifice. And so Jesus took our place. But this is what God did. Early on, he set the standard. Once they disobeyed the Lord and they tried to do things their own, in their own way, God says, nope, not going to let that happen. I'm going to take care of it right now. And we do the same things. We love people, but not with the love of God. It almost looks like love, but it's really not because it's not according to the ways of God. We do what feels good to us rather than what is according to the character of God. And so we try to fake it. Now it continues on in verse 4. So Aaron held his peace. Then Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they went near and carried them by their tunics out of the camp, as Moses had said. Then Moses said to Aaron and to Eleazar and Ithamar, his sons, says, Do not uncover your heads, nor tear your clothes, lest you die, and wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. You shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. So this is serious stuff. For the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you, and they did according to the word of Moses. Now, we got to picture this. Here's these two guys, Nadab and Abihu. They try to do their own thing. Boom. Poof. They're done. Now, everybody's looking at this, and then Moses says, Okay, here's some instruction. Here's what you're supposed to do. Now, go do it. I don't think at that point anybody would say, I'm not going to do that. Why? Why I got to do that? Why? It's too hard. Why I going to do that? They were like, sir, yes, sir. I'm going to do what God asked me to do. It's like they woke up. Like there was a wake-up call. And they said, we will do everything that God has commanded us to do. They just saw two people. And I wonder how many of us have had a wake-up call. That God did something in our lives or something happened in our lives or we've seen a miracle or maybe God spared someone or maybe something happened financially, whatever it would be. But it was like a wake-up call to us. And here's where the character of God comes in. If we only look at the wake-up call and we say, oh boy, this is a wake-up call. I need to go to church. It'll only last maybe a week or two. It'll only last for a season if all we do is look at the wake-up call. But God says, the wake-up call is not so that you look at the wake-up call. It's so that you learn my character. So that it's a lifelong dedication to me. Not just because, oh boy, man, God turned my world upside down. Or this happened, I survived this, I did this. It's only going to last so long. And God says, the reason why I need you to have, have this character is because those who come near me must be regarded, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. We don't glorify God apart from his character. We just don't. We can impress people, but we won't glorify God. See, the character of Nadab and Abihu were tested. And they failed miserably. Because they lacked the character of God and they, they paid a high price 
See, God set the standard early, and he said, the reason why I'm setting it early is because your character will be tested. Your character, my character will be tested all the time. We'll go through those phases. But God says, I'm testing your character not so that you fail, but so that you pass. Character. Character is needed so when you go to work and that girl flirts with you, as a man of character who's married, you know what to do and what not to do. As a woman who maybe you're, you're struggling emotionally and you're married and here comes this, this knight in shining armor on plate lunch. And he says, this is for you because you is beautiful. And you're like, oh. Being a woman of character, you know what to do and what not to do because you have godly character. Children, when people try to stray or, or cause you to stray from God and, and they say, oh, enough with that church stuff. Oh, oh that's weird. Or oh, you don't want to follow God. That's, that's lame. Or, or that's such a nerd thing to do. Then you can say, no, I know what to do and I know what not to do. Why? Because you're a person of character. Godly character. Character is what keeps us afloat. Godly character keeps us afloat. Here's some things that we can learn, and, and here's, here's the first thing that we can write in. And we all understand this, that God gives me my talent. God gives us all each one talent. We all have at least one talent. So He gives that to us. It's a gift. But I must develop character. That's something that I just... It's not just going to happen. God will give me my talent, but I must develop my character. It's not going to happen overnight. It doesn't just happen as a, as a snap of a finger. But it's something we develop. Nadab and Abihu missed the opportunity to develop godly character. And they paid a high price for it. They acted apart from God's leading. They didn't rely on the Lord's direction. They did what they wanted, not what God wanted. They did things their own way. And how many of us do that? We just say, you know, I, I got, I'm set in my ways. And this is how I am. This is who I am. And that's it. You're not going to change me. It's not about changing it's about developing godly character. It's something that God does on the inside. And then it affects everything on the outside. Well, how do I develop my character? How do I do that? How do, how do I develop godly character? Well, if you want to develop character after a certain actor or actress, then you watch their movies and you emulate what they do or some interviews. Or if you want to develop a certain type of personality... Uh, then you, you, you'll watch someone or you'll read a book or if you want to develop a certain type of character quality, you'll read a book or, or something like that. But if you want to develop godly character, then you've got to stay close to God. That's the only way you'll develop godly character. It's when you draw closer to God because you'll develop character dependent on who you want to look like. And I don't know about you, but I, the world that we live in, it's, it's just tangled up with character flaws. But if we stay close to God, then we can develop godly character. And that's the kind of character that never changes. God says, here's my character. You emulate me and you become more and more the person I made you to be. See, whatever, whatever character qualities you want to develop, you're going to emulate. That's why God says this in Leviticus 18, 1 through 5. And he gives them instruction again. The Lord speaks this to Moses. And he said, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. According to the, do, uh, the doings of the land of Egypt, where you dwelt, you shall not do. And according to the doings of the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you, you shall not do. 
nor shall you walk in their ordinances. You shall observe my judgments and keep my ordinances to walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my commandments, which if a man does, let's read this together, ready, go. He shall live by them. I am the Lord. So God is saying, okay, remember now you came out of the land of Egypt. These are some some, uh, things, uh, some habits that you've developed from them. Don't do what they did. They're not developing my character. And by the way, I'm going to take you to a land that you know not of yet. The land of Canaan, the promised land. That there's going to be some habits that they have. Don't become like them. You follow my commandments and my ordinances. In other words, in our lives, we have our own Egypt. How we used to be before we met the Lord. And sometimes we say, oh man, it was so easy to live that life. Oh, I wish I would have lived like that again. It was so much easier. I didn't have to worry about this person, this person. It's easier being a non-Christian. So much easier. There's no expectations. But God is saying, no, no, no. You're, going, you're, you're being worse than going backwards. He says, don't become what you used to be. Develop godly character. Become who I'm making you to be. And it is difficult to... To develop godly character, but not when you're drawing closer to God. I remember there was a season that I was going through, and and, uh, as I was coming to church, I I felt the Lord saying, Okay, here's some character qualities I want you to develop. I want you to develop good language. Because every word, every other word that was coming out of my mouth was a cuss word. And so he said, Okay, that's not helping you right now. So I had to work on that. And that was so difficult because of the type of music I would listen to, the, the movies I would watch, and the way I spoke. And so he said, so just work on that little at a time, little at a time, little at a time. He said, don't do what you used to do. And I remember as it, it, it took some time. And I remember just going from, you know, you know, 50 swear words a day, which is probably a low, I'm just estimating, that... And when I went down and down and down, and I, I said, Lord, thank you for helping me with this because now I, I can do better. I want to speak well. I want to I lift people up. I don't want to use that kind of language because it doesn't honor you. I want to do better. And the way he helped me to do that was memorize scripture and sing worship songs. Unbelievable. I remember this one woman, she would give me uh, worship songs to listen to. And I would listen to them. I said, junk this song. The beats are junk. I don't like this song because the beats aren't good. I, now they have Christian, great Christian music with great beats because it used to be my excuse that I would listen to this song because the beats is such good beats. I don't listen to the words. You may not be listening to the words, but your brain is keeping account. It comes out. It will. And so as I kept developing that, I thought, Lord, you're helping me with this. You're going to help me through this. And He does. He says, don't do what you used to. And then he says, now in the future, there's going to be some areas that you're going to be tested in. You're going to be tested in your marriage. You're going to be tested in your family and relationship. You're going to be tested with your pride. Because you're, you're also still living in this world. But don't become like the world. Follow my examples. And that's how we develop godly character. The closer we get to God, the more we become like Him. And I used to think, well, what's so important about that? Why, why do I need to develop godly character? I mean, I'm not affecting nobody. It's not bothering people. I go to work or whatever it is, and then I'm done. He said, no, no, no. 
You're affecting the lives of the people you love the most. And it's your family, your children. Because they're catching more from what you do rather than what you say. Because more is caught than taught. And then that struck me that, wait a minute, then, then to develop godly character has more to do with what God wants to do through my life rather than just in my life. See, developing godly character is bigger than one person. It's something that God is doing that is, that is beneficial for our family and even for the people that surround us. That's how important it is to develop godly character. And you might think, yeah, but I'm good around my colleagues. I'm good around the people that uh, I, I, I'm around and, and at work. I'm good at, with people at school. You know, they're, they're fine with me. They're okay with it. They're good. It doesn't bother them. And so we think it's okay. And it's amazing. We listen to that rather than what God says. Sooner or later, it's going to cost us a high price. Nadab and Abihu found out the hard way. I say, let's learn from them what not to do and stay close to God. See, there are reasons why God says not to do certain things. It affects people. I remember uh, some time ago, Heidi asked my son Jordan, who was, uh, you know, I don't know, 12, 13 years old at that time. And she said, hey, Jordan, um, can you go uh, take care of this? Can you put this away? And he said, sure, I'll take care of it. Came back a half an hour later. Hey, Jordan, did you put this away? He said, oh, no, 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 I'll get to it. Came back another hour later. Hey, Jordan, did you put this away? No, I didn't put it away. I told you to put it away like two hours ago. And this was this is his response. I'm going to do it. Oh. Now, if you're a parent of a teenager, you know what happened next. So when, when things were done and, and everything was taken care of, uh, Heidi and I had a good talk. And we we're like, Why, where is he getting that attitude? Why is he acting like that? Oh, preteen years. Why, why is he acting like that? You know what? We've got to find out who he's hanging around with. Because his friends are influencing him. Or maybe in school. I don't know who he's hanging around with. So that was our discussion. So some time goes by. Uh, Heidi asked me to feed the dogs. I said, absolutely. Got it. <laughs> Fifteen minutes went later. Hey, did you feed the dogs? I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that. Hour later. Did you feed the dogs? No, I'm, I'm going to feed them. She goes, you know, I'll feed them. I said, I was going to do it. Oh. I was like, hey, I'm becoming like my son. That's what I thought. I'm becoming like him. And God was like, no, 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 no. He's becoming like you. See, now I wonder if, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll say, you know, my, my child, they're just, you know, they're in their teenage years. They're giving me attitude and attitude and attitude. This is what I've learned. When I'm developing ungodly character, my babies, my, my children, as babies, they're picking it up. You don't know this by now, but they're picking it up. They're storing it in their brain so that when they come to age called 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, now they're just doing what we taught them. That's all they're doing. And so at that point, now we're doing the same thing to each other when we could get away with it because they didn't know how to respond. But now they know how to. So they give the same attitude. And we're saying, hey, don't you give me that attitude. They're thinking, wait a minute, I didn't learn that from any place else. This is all I've learned all my life through you, mom or dad. Now, right now, the youth are loving me right now. They're saying, thank you for saying that. But it goes both ways. 
Because as a teenager, as we grow up, there's certain character qualities that God says, here's who I want you to be. That yes, mom and dad, they're not perfect, but I didn't ask you to develop character after their own heart. I said to develop character after my own heart. And so we both, as parents and children, we got to learn God's character, not from each other, or else we'll be a sinking ship and we'll go down quickly. Quickly. Why learn from each other's bad character? I'll give you a math equation. You help me out. Bad character plus bad character equals? Close. Worse character. (laughs) But see, when God, God brings into our life godly character... We can, we can sense a difference. Oh, boy, we'll pick up on it. The Holy Spirit will speak to us. We'll say, oh, I want to do better. See, being a person of character will only help everyone in the long run. Not just what's happening in our lives, because any character quality other than our own is worth developing when it's godly character. We can put ours on the own, on, on the side. We can put our own on the side we can just we can say, Lord, here's some things that I need to do better on, but you got to help me. And He will. Any other character than the character of God is not worth developing. Here's, here's what we know, the second thing, and this is what God did. Correct character flaws quickly. Quickly, as quick as possible. Just correct them. Correct them as quick as possible. Now, God didn't, he didn't take any time with correcting Nadab and Abihu. He, didn't, he just said, here's some flaws. We've got to correct it quickly. He set the standard early. And that's going to happen in our lives. God took care of it on the spot. God was setting a standard early for the priestly duties. He said, I'm not going to let this happen. And the good news is that when he takes care of this ungodly character, then our soul gets restored. It's not just thinking and the process. It's, he restores us. Psalm 23, verse 3 tells us that. He's, it says, He restores my soul. And, but th- this is what happens afterwards. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Reputation is for our name's sake. Godly character is for God's name's sake. I would, I, I'd rather live a life that represents God well than just have a great reputation among my friends, family, and community. I'd rather say, God, then develop this character in me that is of you. See, we all have character qualities that have been developed that are not of God. Lying, or lust, or or stealing, or, or pride, jealousy, entitlement. And the best way to take care of it is, is to cut it down as quickly as possible. As quickly as possible. See, God's character will either help us, or it'll destroy us. It'll cause fruit in our life, or it'll just cause us to wither and decay. It's only if we're staying connected to Him and staying close to Him. See, the way it can be illustrated is, is our life is like this tree. That in, this, in the process of living our life for God, that He develops fruit in our lives. And we have fruit all over the place with our children or wherever else we're going to be in life. And our roots go deep down into the things of God and into His life and His character and His love. And so we have this root system in God. And so this root system, being under the soil, is 
is grabbing nutrients. But it's not only the soil that provides nutrients for this tree for fruitfulness. So is the sun. So the sun gives this tree nutrients so it can be fruitful. But you uproot this tree and you take it out of the soil, the same power source that would give this tree life and fruit now does what? It kills it. It decays it. It dries it up. See, if we don't have the character of God, yet God's power is still there, it'll, it'll kill us. Because we will feel that, oh, I'm not, it's not possible. I can't do this. No way I can do this. I cannot be the husband I'm supposed to be. I can't be the, the wife I'm supposed to be. I can't be the mom I'm supposed to be. I can't be the, the dad. You only hear, I can't, I can't, I can't. Why? Because it's probably true at that point. Because you're doing everything on your own. Even though God's power is available, you're doing things on your own power. And God says, no, 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 you've got to stay attached to me. You've got to stay deeply rooted in me so that I can develop godly character in you, therefore bear fruit in your life. And so when ungodly character comes up quickly, you just take care of it as quick as possible. And you'll see it come up because the closer you get to God, the more we see what we need to correct. And we just correct it as quick as possible. Put pride on the side as a husband. Put pride on the side as a wife. Put that on the side and just say, this is what I need to do better and just work at it. Other people might say things like, you go to church, you don't even change, no sense goal. Cut that, put it on the side. Somebody might say, you're the same person you was last year? No sense read the Bible. Cut that, put it on the side. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep being rooted in God. Everybody grows at a different rate when it comes to fruit. But every fruit is perfect in its season. So whatever season you're in, you keep going. You keep going. It, something springs up, ungodly character, cut it off quickly. Here's how the book of Matthew puts it. Matthew 3.10 The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. See, the axe is already, it's ready, ready at the roots. God says, if that ungodly character comes up, just cut it off. Just get rid of it, and then we'll keep moving forward. You keep going forward. And you celebrate every single, every, every single victory in your life. Whether it be cleaning up your language or, 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 or doing better with, with uh, uh, giving to God. Or, or how you speak to your children, encouraging your children. Or, or even, even something as simple as doing your devotions or reading the Bible or journaling. Even if you did one that entire week, you celebrate that. Celebrate those moments. Because you're not celebrating the actual moment. You're celebrating the goodness of God. And you're letting God know how, he's, how much you glorify Him, how much you love Him, and how much you praise Him. You celebrate every single moment. It brings honor to God. There's this one night I'm trying to sleep. And all I hear is... I'm like, oh, man, I hope that's not a mosquito. Yep, a couple minutes later. And so I'm you know, slapping my own head and trying to capture the thing. And I'm thinking, okay, did I get it? I'm like, oh, come on, it's so irritating. So I set traps. 
I'm like, where is it? I got to get up, turn on the light, and hunt it down. You ever hunt down mosquitoes? This is the most difficult thing to do. Like they're flying. Okay, brother, I get you. And all of a sudden, ha-ha, where'd it go? Where in the world did it go? I don't know how they do this. They turn invisible or something. They have some kind of stealth technology. I don't know what they do. They just disappear. I'm trying to find the thing for a long time. Heidi comes in the room, and I'm like this. Heidi, close the door. You can let the mosquito out. Just close the door. Close the door. And she goes, what are you doing? I said, this is a mosquito. I can't sleep. Kid you not. She sees it. Washes her hand. Got him. Done. It's like, so? I make them tired, that's why. And slow down. <laughs> but I, I can't tell you how thankful I was. I could sleep. I was at peace. And it was just a small thing like that. But, I, but it was so rewarding. You may feel that there's small things that, okay, I, I tackled this. And you may not feel like it's a big deal. But celebrate even the small things that God develops in your life. The small things that you do for God. Even though small, it's very rewarding. And God is cheering you on at the same time. All the things that irritate us. All the things that bother us. God says, you cut those and I will bring character in your life and I'll make it fruitful. Because here's what we learn, and this is the last thing. People learn from my character, not my words. They'll learn from my character and not my words. See, my true character is who I am at home, not who I am in church. My true character is when nobody is looking. It's not even who I am at work. It's who I am when no one's looking. There were some, some uh, Jews in the New Testament who did not have the character of God, trying to, only trying to use His character to do the things they wanted to do. And they wanted to, they wanted to use His character on others and try to do their very best to do what Jesus used to do in casting out evil spirits. And so they were trying to use the character of God without having the character of God. And so they're praying out all these spirits and trying to do the works of God without having the word of God and having Christ in their hearts. And so they're trying to do this. And now in Acts chapter 19, verse 15, the evil spirit answers these guys trying to perform these different things. And they said, Jesus, I know. And Paul I know. And then they said this, but who are you? In fact, those, those evil spirits actually jumped on them and kind of beat them to a pulp. And I thought, Lord, the character of God, your character, has more to do with my soul than it does with my mind. Because it's the soul that you're after. And when the soul develops godly character, it's not just, what do I need to do to look good? It's, Lord, who do I need to be in developing godly character? And he says it in this way, Psalm 25, verse 20. He says, keep, keep my soul and deliver me. This is the psalmist speaking this. Keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in you. 
Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Sometimes we wait for other people. We say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do better. I would, I would do better if he changed. I would do better if she changed. We would be doing better as a family if they changed. This would be a whole better company if they did. And we always think in that way, and God says, you're waiting for the wrong people. You wait upon me. Because it's through integrity and uprightness that will be preserved, that he will sustain us. See, it takes the character of God to preserve our soul, not doing things according to my own standard. As Nadab and Abihu clearly demonstrates for us, it's trusting in his character. And when we trust in his character, he releases his provision. When we obey his commands, he releases his promises. And the only way that's possible is through the sacrifice that Jesus did for you and I. He says, I'll be the sacrifice once and for all so that you could have a life that's possible through the power of God to be people of character. And when we become people of character, we will see life at its best. Amen. Amen. Close your Bibles and put away your notes. We're going to pray together. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and, and we're going to pray for godly character. And we're going to turn to God. We're going to wait upon the Lord. Do what He calls us to do. So would you bow your heads with me, Lord, this morning as we, as we sit before you or stand before you. We just want to be a part of what you're doing. And sometimes we think we can do things on our own. But we've learned this morning that apart from you, we'll just slowly decay and slowly die from the inside out. You're the source of life and you want to develop godly character in us because it's more than just what we're going to look like and and who we're becoming, but we really affect the people that surround us, our children, our grandchildren, our family members, even people at work. Lord, help us with the things that come up that now we'll recognize in whatever it would be. It might be our language. It may be our attitude. It could be our perspective. It could be even doubts and fears. But Lord, as we stay close to you, help us to be people of character. Because when we're around people, they should be able to to recognize that we're different not because we act different but because there's character that's deeply embedded in our hearts godly character that touches our soul and it's through that that people will notice our good works and then glorify you in heaven thank you for showing us the way and thank you for paying the sacrifice so that we can develop godly character. It's in your name that we pray these things, and we all said, Amen.